0: Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. What good is the warmth of summer without the cold of winter to give it sweetness? John Steinbeck. Travels with Charlie. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And today I'm joined by frequent podcast contributor Ashley Sherlock. Ashley is a former bookshelf staffer and social media expert, as well as my actual relative. Every holiday of our lives, we've sat next to or near each other at the kids' table, even now that we're well into our 20s and 30s, respectively. Each season, we're going to be sharing what we've been reading, watching, and listening to, plus maybe a favorite purchase or two. Our vision is for these conversations to be like sitting at the kids' table with the relatives you actually like. Hi, Ashley. Hello. How's it going? Welcome back to the front porch. Thanks. (laughs) Or The Kids Table. I am a little concerned. I'm so proud of this name, but I am concerned that people are going to tune in and think we're going to be talking about kids' literature, and that is not what's happening today. No,
1: not quite. Maybe some days, but... Yeah, some days we may talk (laughs) kid
0: lit, but really what it is is, yeah, like sitting around The Table. what happens at The Kids Table. That's right. And we're not letting it stay at The Kids Table. We're bringing it to you. Exactly bringing it to you live. Okay, so we're going to talk about reading, like the things that you see, I feel like on lots of different podcasts and lots of different, you know, internet things, newsletters, Instagram accounts, whatever, we're going to do reading, watching, listening and buying. And we're going to do this seasonally. So it's winter. It is As of recording this, 70 degrees outside, but nobody cheer for us because it is disgusting outside right now.
1: It has been the dreariest day. It has been so hard for me to just not take a nap all day long. Yeah,
0: and it's not even... Today, it's not raining. It's supposed to rain truly for the foreseeable future in the South. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's... I personally, and you and I, we have a lot of similarities. I think our differences have to do mostly with seasons. I love winter, but I want it to feel like winter. I need it to be cold. February, I tried to look up like literary February quotes to start the episode with. People hate February. Literature authors hate February. I love it. It's my birthday (laughs) month. So I have a soft spot for February. I reserve my hatred for August Interesting. You feel differently about winter.
1: I feel very differently. If I could hibernate from December 26 until uh, April, I, I would. <laughs> like, I just want to stay inside. Nobody talk to me. Leave me alone. I hate the cold so much. There's a reason I live in Florida. And unfortunately, I live too far north in Florida to really reap the actual benefits of Florida. But oh
0: this is fascinating. Whereas <laughs> I'm like please take me somewhere north. I need seasons and I just adore the times in our year. They're very brief where we get like 2 weeks really of each season and then the rest of the year is summer is what it feels like to me.
1: I'm okay with that. I really like there are things that I appreciate and enjoy about every season. I love the turning of the seasons, but once mm-hmm. the season has turned into <laughs> winter then I'm done. I'm ready for you're summer. I'm pale. I'm cold. I'm unhappy. <laughs> and I think I think okay. you're going to notice that in what I've been
0: reading, <laughs> watching, watching, and listening to. Okay, that's what I was going to say. I think this is going to be interesting then <laughs> um, because our approaches are very different. We're going to start with reading, which... I will say I expanded because I obviously talk about reading and books all the time. And so I'm expanding that. I am going to talk about a couple of books, but I'm also going to be sharing some articles and other like resources that I have enjoyed this and not just this month. This I really did have to look back and think, okay, what did I like also in December and January? So what has kind of gotten me through winter? So I'll kick it off and then we'll kind of alternate things that we've read this season. Sounds good. Okay. My first one, I actually think you're going to really like, I'm excited about this series of episodes because I think it's going to be my favorite thing, which is telling you what I like. So you will (laughs) like it too. Which is how things usually go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Joy the Baker is one of my favorite internet follows. Uh I have followed her on Instagram forever. I used to read her blog. She had a podcast with her best friend. I actually don't even, I think Tracy is her best friend's name, but Shutterbean is her Instagram handle. I used to adore their podcast. Now I just follow Joy the Baker on Instagram and really love her. But one thing she has done for a really long time and that I really like is her Sunday newsletter. And I think she just calls them her Sunday links and she will post a link in her Instagram stories or you can go to her blog or website. I find the most interesting articles. She posts a lot of recipes, which I think you would like. I, you know, scroll those, but don't really (laughs) really do anything other than maybe send them to you. So it's more than just food. She's also talking about like she'll post really great articles that were in the Atlantic or playlists. I've got a um, playlist that I'm gonna reference a little bit later. But I think Joy the Baker's Sunday links are some of my very favorite things on the internet. And I, I don't think they're like an unsung hero. I feel like other people probably are very loyal Joy the Baker fans and so already know this. But if you don't know this, then allow me to introduce you to the joy of Joy the Baker and her Sunday links. I adore them.
1: Nice. I do follow Joy the Baker on Instagram, but I don't think she pops up in my feed very often. So I'll have to like search her name and get her like algorithm gets you every time, man. Every time. All right. What do you got? I'm going to go with books for this episode because I didn't know we could do other (laughs) things. I'm sorry. I just felt
0: like people were sick of me talking about books. (laughs) It's fine. Um, So I'll
1: just be paying attention to that from now on for future (laughs) episodes. But One thing I have been uh, slowly making my way through is Upstream by Mary Oliver. It's her collection of essays. Mm -hmm. And I I think you're going to see throughout this episode that my theme is really just uh, doing things that make me feel happy and comfortable, which, I mean, I'm an Enneagram nine, so I'm probably going to do that anyway, but (laughs) I hate the winter. And so I need to do things that make me happy. So um, before bed, when I go to bed at a decent hour, I just read one of the essays from that book. And it is my new preferred way to
0: fall asleep. That really does sound delightful. I can't even tell you how delightful it is. (laughs) Yeah, just a really good rhythm for for your bedtime. Yeah. Okay, my next one is another thing that I think you either have or would enjoy if you don't have it already. I want to put a plug in here for The Next Right Thing Guided Journal by Emily P. Freeman. I like Emily. <laughs> yeah. I like <laughs> Emily in real life. I like her podcast. I think she is so wise and thoughtful. This guided journal, though, is a game changer. I am a pretty good journaler. Like, mm, it depends on the season, but I am a pretty good journaler. I, write a lot of notes. I check in at least maybe weekly with myself and write things down. But what I like about this journal is there is such a seasonality to it and really a monthly thing, which you and I were kind of talking about off air, the importance of kind of maybe adjusting our schedules to being more monthly. And so she really guides you through your month. And it's very much a guided journal, as the title suggests. So you're not totally left at your own mercy, which I think sometimes is what messes me up about journaling. Like sometimes I'm not in the mood for writing down my feelings on something. But these are like little bulleted point lists or writing down a meaningful quote or writing down questions you've been asking yourself throughout the month. And I also would like to say it's not too late to jump in on this train. So if you didn't start it in January and that stresses you out, I get it. But you can really start this, honestly, I think at the start of any month. So if you're listening to this now, you might want to start it in March. And the good news is after being like out of print and out of stock, it is re- printing like by the time you listen to this it should be available again so it is called the next right thing guided journal and i have loved using it i started it in january and i think it's going to be such a valuable time capsule at the end of the year
1: i said of course you would say that because i was also going to say that (laughs) (laughs) was on your list for real it's literally it's on my list right (laughs) right under mary oliver
0: (laughs) okay tell me how
1: you've been enjoying it it's been phenomenal. So I I think um, I started it in like mid-January. So I was kind of like getting a feel for it. Um, mm-hmm. But now that it's February, I think I've kind of found the groove. I like that you can uh, fill in the month. So you can re- you really can start whenever you want. Mm-hmm. And I love, I like the prompts, but they're not, they don't box you in. So like you still have the freedom to write down what you want to write down. But like, I don't know, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yes, like it, they're not too prompting.
1: Fun, organized fun, which, which I feel is like. your
0: favorite kind. Exactly.
1: And so one thing I've been doing, um, I think for about four or five weeks now is um, waking up at five in the morning <laughs> by choice. Um, and, and this is, that's when I do my journaling in the Next Right Thing journal. And it's just been, it's, it's interesting to journal first thing in the morning. I feel like I bet. this this kind of lends itself to that. It's like reflecting.
0: I don't know. I think You're, that just, might. I could, could be wrong. Just different, but I think that's when she maybe. I feel like I have heard her say that's when she journals. I tend to be an evening journaler, and I do think your energy is probably very different. You might actually be more objective, I think, in the morning. The, yeah, the, I, the, I agree. end-of-day journaling tends to be a little angry. I'm a much more positive
1: person in the morning.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Okay, my next thing is an article called These Precious Days by Anne Patchett. If you read Ann Patchett, you probably love her. I actually fell in love with Anne Patchett's nonfiction before I fell in love with her fiction, so it's no surprise then that this article that appeared in Harper's Magazine is something that I really enjoyed. I read it, I want to say early or mid January. And it's something that I still think about. I think Anne's writing is so powerful. And I really appreciate long form journalism. I love feature stories. And I love essays. And until I can get my hand on another Ann Patchett essay collection, this is like the next best thing. So this is an article where if you were to be in an article club, which is my personal dream, this is the article I would bring to the group and share with everyone and make everyone highlight and cry over and talk about. It is about Anne Patchett's friendship that she developed with, this is bizarre, but Tom Hanks' assistant. And they became friends and really became close in a fascinating way during the pandemic. And so this is her reflections on that. It's called These Precious Days, and it's available. You can Google for it, or we'll put it in the show notes. But it is an article that was published, mm, I want to say last month, in Harper's Magazine.
1: Nice. I think I saw somebody else post about that, and it looks delightful. It's so good. So a book that I am reading is First Comes Like by Alicia Rye, or Ray, I am un uncertain about the pronunciation of her last name. Um, but it's the third book in a series that she's written. And of course I'm late to this party and I have not read any other book in the series, but, (laughs) um, and I've only started this one, so I don't know how it ends, but so far it's about, um, a beauty vlogger. And currently she's kind of like navigating online dating. And normally I'm pretty hesitant to read things that are kind of like uh, where the foundation is modern technology, um, <laughs> yes. I don't. It, it just I don't know why. Probably several reasons, but it seems really promising so far, and it's a nice pairing with one of the things that I will mention that I have been watching later.
0: Well, I love that because I like reading seasonally, and that sounds like a good Valentine's Day era, yeah, or it is. Valentine's Day read.
1: And I feel so cool because it hasn't come out yet. So when oh. it comes Wait, out. Does it-
0: on February 16th, so Tuesday. Okay. Not that so far ahead, look, but... Look at you, though. That's I fun. know. Okay, I'm just going to wrap up this category with just three lightning round books because people have already heard me talk about them on the podcast. But I was really thinking, what are the books that I think I will remember when this season is over? So when winter ends, what will I look back and think, oh, I really loved or appreciated those books. And so I narrowed it down to three. The first is Brood, which... May technically feel like a spring book, uh, but I did read it in the winter. The second is "Sorrow and Bliss," which came out last week by Meg Mason, and the third is "Jesus and John Wayne." "Jesus and John Wayne" is going to stick with me, I think, for years, decades. Unclear, but that seems to be uh, but, a consensus on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just truly do. I th- I think as of this recording, I finished it two weeks ago, and I keep thinking about it, and I. I to say I loved it feels weird, but I appreciate it so much. And I just keep thinking about it and kind of unpacking it in my brain. So those are the three books I think that are going to stick with me after the season ends. Nice. Okay, so next up is our watching category. We have not, as I think people can probably tell, talked about these in advance. So tell me what you're watching right now.
1: Okay, so I'm going to start with um, what I think is a good pairing with first comes like, and that is fake famous, which you told me to watch, of course, um, there's a documentary on Hulu, where um, these uh, digital media professionals pick three people, like three random people and try to get them to influence their status on Instagram, like try to, um, the goal is to gain followers so that they can ultimately get a free like all expense paid vacation by some company so that they post about it. And it is Didn't you think this fascinating. was fascinating. It was bonkers, right? So weird. And also I'm a little bit jealous because I think I might be able to do it if I tried, <laughs> But I'm not going to try.
0: <laughs> I, okay, I started watching it by myself. I texted you. When Jordan got home, we rewound it and started from the beginning. I'll tell you the scene that was what made me text you. It was the scene. I was going to have you guess, but I'm just going to tell you. It's the scene <laughs> with the toilet seat. Yes, that I looked at Jordan and I was like, you have no idea. And I don't follow a ton of like, air quotes influencers. I just don't. But I feel like I have seen so many people post like, you know, on an airplane or something like that. And the fact that that could be a toilet seat is I just immediately (laughs) just floored. And Jordan, who is very much not on the internet was appalled at all of it. Like his mouth was just agape the entire time because he has no concept whatsoever. And so it was very fascinating. I'm glad glad you liked it. I thought you would. It was so interesting. No, nothing we see is
1: real. And I have worked in digital and social media for about 10 years now. And (laughs) like, it's not surprising really to me. It's just it's just entertaining to see like all the possibilities and the lengths that these normal humans will go to to make yeah. their followers think that they're doing all these crazy cool things. I'm not going to lie. I've done it too for business purposes, but yeah. Yeah. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. I also watched a documentary on Hulu this weekend. It is, and again, by the time this records, people, it may be old news, but it was the Britney Spears New York Times documentary on Hulu. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think FX puts these out. I am now intrigued and I kind of want to go back and see what other pieces they have done for the New York Times. But this is the one on Britney Spears. I... Obviously, I'm familiar with the story of Britney Spears. She came of age around the same time I did. And this, to me, just gave me a little bit more insight. And also, speaking just of time capsules, just felt like of a certain era, like I really had forgotten what the early 2000s were like for all of us, but specifically for celebrities and what... I don't know what media looked like. It was just a totally different media landscape. So I found it interesting from that perspective. Also, one of my favorite New York Times critics was interviewed and he did a phenomenal job. I love Wesley Morris. And so he is interviewed as part of this part of this program. And I really liked his insights uh, as is pretty typical for my thoughts on Wesley Morris. But anyway, this is the Hulu New York Times documentary on Britney Spears. I do recommend it. I think it's at the very least fascinating and at the most will send you kind of on a deep dive into the practices of her conservatorship and kind of what's going on behind the scenes. It, re- it really is interesting. And I, I think did a pretty decent job of giving an overview and also showing what l- life was like in the 2000s, which is just looking back kind of a weird time in America.
1: Yeah. So, okay, I'm going to lump lump in two things that I've been watching that really aren't going to be helpful to anyone. <laughs> But they've they've taken up a lot of my watching time, so I have to say it. I've been watching a lot of crocheting tutorials on YouTube <laughs> as well as Kate McKinnon SNL clips. Just following following the lines of it's winter and I need to feel good. <laughs> SNL clips and TV show bloopers are like my feel good things. And yes. I'm learning I'm learning how to crochet. So
0: look, that Kate McKinnon clip that did really get me through the month of January was the one where she I now I'm trying to figure out if it was part of her original kind of shtick, but where she's playing the doctor and she's like, We notice, and then she we kind of this. breaks in
1: the middle. I think that's part she, of the character. Like, maybe it didn't start out that way, but after going through and watching some other clips like that, she does the same thing.
0: Yes. And I just, I like, I kind of wish I didn't know that. Like, I preferred the magic of thinking that it was just her really truly losing it on air. But I don't even mind the shtick because it feels so realistic to how we all are right now. Yeah. Where she starts out with like something positive and good. And then by the end, she's like, you know, we don't know. We don't know this. (laughs) I have been watching to make myself feel good. Last summer, I embarked on a watch, it was not a rewatch, I'd never seen it, of Sex and the City on HBO. Obviously, I am decades behind, but I was looking, I typically kind of watch and binge a show all summer long, like just when it gets too hot to do anything else, I like to have something to watch. And I chose Sex and the City. Well, here we are in February, and I finally finished all six seasons. I took a big hiatus during the fall and did not really watch it at all. But I finished up the show and I have lots of thoughts and feelings now I understand why there were so many like think pieces devoted to that specific era in television but I'm glad I watched it I for those of you who are listening and you're like but Annie you're a prude how did you how did you watch the show <laughs> well I do close my eyes like <laughs> oh please <geez. laughs> and I do fast forward just because some of it really is I mean very what I stereotypically think of when I think of HBO <laughs> television um you know like back in the day when I I think your family was very much like my family and HBO was not something we watched oh, definitely. Um, but I think overall just the character development is really good uh even no matter how you feel about these characters which I do feel a certain way about some of these characters particularly the male characters on the show but I'm glad I watched it and I am starting my goal is to finish up the two movies before <laughs> before before the end of the month. So that's the plan. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So another
1: feel-good watch for me is the series Encore on Netflix. Or is it <gasps> Disney Plus?
0: Disney Plus. Okay. I've been waiting for your review of this. Okay.
1: Well, I haven't finished it. I'm just like slowly making my way through.
0: Um yes, best way to watch that.
1: But it makes me so happy. If you are listening today and you don't know that I love Broadway and musicals, you go and learn. <laughs> because I oh, oh my goodness. I wasn't even a theater kid until college and even then it was barely, but the way that these people are brought back together and then they get to process all of their past and present emotions together and then build something beautiful it just, it gives me goosebumps. And I watched one episode, I think I just watched the Beauty and the Beast episode. And mm-hmm. I think I told you this, but I went to bed that night and had a dream that I was in a Beauty and the Beast musical production. And yeah, the highlight of that production, like I'm not even like in my dream, I was not the one that said this was the highlight, like the, the audience said it was the highlight. But the highlight of that production was my tap dance routine. <laughs> <laughs> i don't tap dance never that's I'm a a,
0: ashley is not a tap dancer i have
1: no idea how to tap dance but boy could i in my dream and that is the kind of that's the kind of feel good watching that
0: i need for me so somebody feeds phil is what got me through let's see summer fall era quarantine the summer fall parts of quarantine encore is what got me through january jordan and i loved that show we we did not binge it per se i think we watched one a night or something Mm -hmm. but i it like filled that void of i just need to feel good but also maybe tear up a little bit yeah and it was perfect i'm so glad i knew you would like it there are some real good episodes coming to you too oh i can't get ready i'm so excited (laughs) Okay, are, can we move on to listening to, or do you have anything else you want to throw in here?
1: Um, I'm still watching Dawson's Creek. I feel like you should know it's going slower because that does not make me feel as good,
0: <laughs> especially now. You're in the you're in the latter season. Yeah,
1: I'm think I'm on season. I don't know, second to the last season. It's uh, it's very dramatic. I like it still, still very invested, but I gotta pace myself on that one.
0: <laughs> pace, get yourself. It? Pun
1: intended. <laughs>
0: My only thing I asked Hunter for my birthday was for us to do a Hulu party of there's a great episode coming up. You've got at least one good episode in your future at a Kmart. And that is all I will say. But I told Hunter all I wanted was for (laughs) me and him to watch that episode together on like a Hulu party. Have you done it? Are you going to? No, we're going to. It was my birthday request. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's go to listening to. So I just have a couple things. And weirdly, two of them are semi-related. I don't know what's I don't know what this is about. Okay, but my first one is called Table Manners. This is a podcast that I heard about on another podcast. One of my favorite things to listen to is the Ringer Dish. And the Ringer Dish has hosts Juliet and Amanda. I feel like I would be, I don't know that I would actually be friends with Juliet and Amanda. I think they might be too cool for me, but we're around the same age. And so typically what they are referencing, I very much understand or appreciate. And they were talking about this podcast that I had never heard of. So it's a podcast called Table Manners. It is hosted by the singer who I was not familiar with, but I think I'm an outlier. Her name's Jessie Ware and she records these episodes with her mom. There are multiple seasons. Like I am, when I say I'm behind, I am so behind, but I cannot believe I'd never heard of this. And so now I want to talk about it in case other people are like me and need it in their lives. So I think you might like it too. So basically the premise is that Jessie Ware is a singer, but she loves to cook. She loves food and her mom loves to cook. So they invite celebrities to their homes and like record the dinner party, essentially. And- It is lovely. I've listened to two episodes. The episode I started with was their one with Elizabeth Olsen. I really like this one because I am rooting for Elizabeth Olsen's career. I was obsessed with the Olsen twins because we are the same age, blah, blah, blah. I could talk a lot about that, but I won't. (laughs) But so that's the episode I started with. Then the other episode I listened to was with Florence Pugh. That one was different because they did have to do it on Zoom, but I really like the vibe of this podcast because for the most part, except because of COVID, when they're having to kind of record via Zoom, they're actually recording. And so you can hear like plates clanging and things being eaten. And I really like that maybe because I have not had people around my table in over a year, Mm -hmm. but I find it charming. It's very British and really lovely and maybe has reignited and sparked an interest in cooking, which I feel like I experienced in my early married years, but have very much turned off uh, probably since, oh, I don't know, the bookshelf. (laughs) Maybe. That feels like a win though. Yeah. And so I feel like maybe I might be awakening an interest in cooking in, in myself again. So it is called Table Manners. It is Truly just charming and lovely. And I highly recommend. And you can, I think you could just kind of skip around and pick the celebrities you're most interested in hearing from. I love it. I love that.
1: I'm going to go out on a limb here and talk about, have you heard of Clubhouse? Is that an app? Yes. It's like a new social networking
0: app. That okay, I, yes, I have heard of this.
1: I don't fully understand. And if anybody like does or uses it successfully, then please let me know. Um, but it's like an invite only thing and I'm on it and I don't fully understand it, but like, it's my understanding is, is that it's like Ted talks meet podcasts.
0: Wait, I have heard of this. You got an invite. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I feel kind of cool.
1: I got an invite, but also I don't know I don't. I just don't know what I'm doing. Like I'm listening to things, but is that all it is? Because yes, Juliet
0: and Amanda talked about this on their <laughs> podcast. And okay. Yes, you're like listening to famous people just have random conversations. Is my understanding? Okay, I think there
1: might not be enough famous people on there for my <laughs> liking yet. I'm not
0: sure. But I am listening. I'm trying it out. <laughs> okay, okay. Please report back. I I did hear about this, and you're right. It's supposed to be like TED Talks or something, but where you just kind of get to listen in. But but if I, I don't it's know, live
1: I'll, it's live. and yeah. like people like me are just like there listening to people talk yes. to to no one. I guess I'm, it's basically like eavesdropping on somebody's phone conversation, which could be cool if the people are interesting enough. There's the rub. <laughs> i haven't found anything super interesting yet but it's supposedly okay. i was i looked it up before we started this and it's supposedly worth like 100 million dollars or something so okay
0: there's something there we'll i'm just trying to figure spring, it out yes yeah, spring episode of the kids table come back and tell us <laughs> yep. come back and tell us if it's worth our time we'll report back Okay, my next one is a playlist which I do believe was a link from a Joy the Baker Sunday links. It is James Baldwin's Home Records playlist on Spotify. It is fantastic. It's great cooking music. It's good. Um I think it's good what I would call bookstore music like I like it for background noise kind of, but maybe more peppy or upbeat than just a kind of sometimes our more folksy ambient noise that we play at the bookstore. I have been playing it when I need something again, that's better than ambient noise when I'm working. And then I really do like it for cooking. It's kind of like there's a really great Nancy Myers kitchen playlist on Spotify as well Mm -hmm. that I would kind of compare this to, but I really love. So I guess what somebody did was found out, who James Baldwin was listening to and like what records he was listening to and now has kind of compiled them all and put them in the Spotify playlist and it is fantastic highly highly recommend
1: nice i don't know if this is weird but i've been listening to my own playlist
0: <laughs> can, can you I, go
1: i mean yeah i'm not like a super huge like playlist maker but along the lines of waking up at 5 in the morning trying to like get myself excited to do that. Um, I made, I made a morning playlist and I think it's really good. And I have learned that my preferred playlist type is one that I can like either skip through or just listen to without having to skip. But I really like, I really like skipping through because I don't want to have to like make the decision about which playlist to listen to, if that makes sense. So so you just listen to it straight through or on shuffle? On shuffle, but okay but I skip. I skip around because okay. So the way I did it was so I wouldn't have to have more than one morning playlist. I put like my morning hype songs and my
0: slow morning songs in there. Oh I see. Okay. So you kind of have to skip around depending on your mood.
1: Yeah. It's just what whatever's in that moment. That when that's why I like it. So my I have another playlist that i do like it's basically like a yearly thing it's just my song dump playlist Um, yeah i do that too yeah that's where i keep i hear a song i like and i put it there and it's it's actually really nice to go back and
0: listen to songs that you haven't heard in a long time it's kind of fun but yeah yeah i like that idea i do that too and i you're right it kind of winds up i think we talked about time capsules a lot but it's kind of like a time capsule yeah exactly what you've been listening to Okay, my last one is a podcast series that is on one of my favorite podcasts, but I hadn't listened to them in a while. So I really like the podcast Reply All. Mm -hmm. It's about technology. I don't listen to every episode, but the episodes I do listen to are so good and interesting and informative. And the hosts are great Alex and PJ. I really just like how they explain things. They have a new series and It is hosted by another journalist. She is fantastic as well. And it is called the Test Kitchen Series. So I did not realize I was listening to a lot of food-inspired things. But this is about the downfall, I think that's the best word I can use, about Bon Appetit magazine and kind of the reckoning that came during June and July 2020. And there are many of the people of color who worked for them kind of coming forward and talking about the racist, toxic work environment. And so this is a deep dive. I think it's going to be a four or five part series on Bon Appetit magazine and the culture there and kind of what led to this reckoning. And so far, it's just really good journalism and really interesting, especially (laughs) I don't even know that it's so much food that I'm interested in, although today's listening <laughs> tidbits would 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 suggest otherwise. For me, I am very interested in media news. So I love hearing about the behind the scenes drama or business behind like the Today Show or something like that. And so this definitely feels like that to me, where I am very interested in modern media and magazines trying to be, still be relevant in a time where most of their content is online. And then also trying to navigate the culture that we live in. And this workplace at Bon Appetit sounds absolutely toxic. And like some of it is devil wears Prada kind of toxic. And then some of it truly is racist and misogynistic. And so it's not like easy, fun listening. But if you are intrigued by media ethics, by workplace culture, by race and racial reckoning and racial justice. I think you'll find this interesting. So it's Reply All's The Test Kitchen series. And they just, as of this recording, they have one episode, but I think they're doing them weekly. So they should have two out by the time you hear this episode.
1: I feel like this, a you came for the food, but stayed
0: for the behind the scenes content type thing. Oh, I just love it. Like Jordan was, um, we were listening to it together in the car and he wasn't familiar with Bon Appetit, but I feel like this is so weird. I have never subscribed to Bon Appetit magazine. I don't really know anything about it or its YouTube channels. Like I'm not super into the foodie aspect of Bon Appetit, but the media and journalism aspect and like magazines who have had to pivot and who've had to try to survive, I am familiar with. And so he was shocked that like I did actually kind of know about what had happened at Bon Appetit and their editor-in-chief, coming under serious deserved um, fire. And so he was totally unfamiliar. I was, I was vaguely familiar because I, I just, this kind of stuff is like, oh, I'm, you can't see me, but I'm so excited right now. <laughs> it's, just <laughs> like, it's just the kind of stuff that I live for. I just am very interested in it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I, there's a podcast called how I build this by NPR. It's not new. It's been around, but, um, and I haven't started listening to it yet, but I have subscribed and I just came looking for, uh, I guess inspiration in my own quote unquote building endeavors. Yeah. Um, so I'm just, I don't, I still don't really know what it's about. Obviously I haven't listened yet, but I'm intrigued by all of these names that I recognize all these interviews Mm -hmm. about, uh, or with people who have been very successful in creating their own empires, basically.
0: Okay, I don't think I've listened to this. I've heard of it, but I think Jenny's Ice Cream has an episode Ooh. and I've heard it's really good. I think, I really like her. I follow her on Instagram too. And I um, I think that could be a good place to start. Sometimes with those, it sounds like that is a little bit similar to the Table Manners podcast where you kind of can just skip around mm-hmm. and listen to whatever kind of strikes your fancy, which is kind of nice. Yeah, definitely. Okay, let's wrap up with what purchases you have made this winter that have saved your life. What do you got?
1: Okay, first one, again, it's winter. I hate winter. I need to be warm. I bought, I splurged a little bit and you know this, I bought a sweatshirt, matching sweatshirt and joggers from Software. And if they're not in the wash, they are on my body. I love them so much. They're so comfortable, they're cute, they're versatile. I'll I'll wear that sweatshirt all day, every day, put it with some leggings, put it with some jeans, you can do whatever you want. And those
0: joggers, oh my goodness, it's like wearing butter. That's what I was going to say. People will put a link in the show notes. People will, well, depending on people's socioeconomic status, they may think this is absurd. (laughs) And, And you know what? Yes, uh, you might think so, but I also own a pair of these sweatpants and they're like change your life sweatpants and you're supporting a woman owned small business during a global pandemic. So there's that.
1: And they're ethically and sustainably made.
0: Yeah. She lit and she literally tie dyes them herself.
1: <laughs> yeah. And she, she puts in cute little notes and like if you yeah. tag her on Instagram, she'll respond and it's cute and fun. Yeah,
0: they're fantastic. There's they're the best by far the best lounge I've ever owned. For sure. My save my life purchase was also a splurge. I used some Christmas money and bought myself Blundstone boots, which my friend Morgan is like my number one influencer. And she had a pair of these. And of course, now I see them everywhere. Like now that I've bought them, I realized uh, my brother's wife has a pair. So my (laughs) sister-in-law Becca has a pair, but also I see them on the internet. Like it's, it's like now that I know what they are, And now that I have a name for them, I realize everyone owns these. So this is not new information for anyone, (laughs) (laughs) but it was new information to me. And a pair of like heavy duty boots seemed odd for a person who lives in South Georgia, but it rains here constantly. They are waterproof boots. And my friend Morian told me, she was like, you do not need to break these in. Like you can wear them on day one and they're comfortable. And I don't ever believe that. But it's true. These Ooh, are truly, danger. yeah, these are truly comfortable. And I have worn them on my feet all day at the bookshelf and they have maintained their comfortability, which is truly a miracle.
1: Are those those little like olive ones? Yeah. Okay. Because I, you sent those to me before you bought them. Yes. I was like, dang it. I'm really, again, it was one of those things where I was so mad that you found it first. <laughs> and yes. I'm just trying these to give, so it, good. give it enough time before I buy my own pair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was about to say, they come in different colors. So you could buy, mine are, I think, brown with an olive patch, like an olive green patch. Yeah. They're great. You will love them. And I think, I could be wrong, but like, I think they would be good kind of hiking boots too. Like, I think they're, they're like, they're Australian. And I feel like stuff in Australia is just better, better made. Yeah, definitely. Then they have, they have a lot time. to deal with over there. And yeah, make lots of the elements. <laughs> yes, lots of different elements. That's what I was going to say. So highly recommend splurging. If you can or are interested in Blundstone boots, uh, allow me to join the course of the internet and tell you that they're good. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one more if you want to go. One, okay. One more. Uh, I can't decide
1: which one I want to do, but, and also, I don't know. I don't really know the background of this, but I have recently uh, started taking a little bit better care of my hair. Okay. I have a lot of it, and it, I just figured it's time for me to, I you don't know, give it some love. So I have been buying Olaplex products. They have like and they come in numbers, so like number I use numbers 3, sometimes 4 and 5 which are the shampoo and conditioner and then 6 and 7. Number 3 oh. is a hair mask. You leave it on for 10 minutes on damp hair before shampooing and conditioning. And then number 6 and 7 are a bond smoother and a bond oil and you use those um before you like style or whatever and My hair has never felt this soft, and it has also never felt this good.
0: Wait, what is this called? I'm now, this is why we do this. Now I'm writing this down. (laughs) It's Olaplex,
1: Olaplex. These are also probably going to be a little bit of a splurge, but I I can't get enough of them. And I look, like full disclosure, I have not done like a background check on this company. So I don't know, (laughs) I don't know a ton about it, but I really like their products.
0: Okay. Good to know. I'm going to Google them. Okay. My last one is kind of similar to your software uh, thing that you were recommending. I bought a, I feel like I texted you the other day and I was like, how much tie dye is too tie dye? Like, like (laughs) I do, I am starting to be concerned. Like at first it's like I bought into the trend early, like Uh everybody did like March, April pandemic times, I bought the tie dye sweatpants, the tie dye tank top. And now it's like, huh, somehow I have a pair of tie-dyed pajamas. Huh, <laughs> somehow I have a tie-dyed shirt. And it's like I just, it's like snowballing. Yeah. But I did buy this kind of sweatshirt. A sweatshirt feels like too strong a word because it feels lighter weight than that, which is part of the reason I love it. But it's from the store, this small business called August Cloth. First of all, if you are still on that Joe March wardrobe train, a lot of August Cloth's clothes are Joe March approved. Uh, I'm guessing based on what I know about Greta Gerwig's imaginings of Joe March. I buy a lot of clothes from them. They're a small woman-owned business. She is based, I think, out of Tennessee somewhere. But there's this great—I sent it to you, actually. There's this great like sweatshirt shirt that's white and blue tie dye, and and tie dye is too strong. Like it almost feels—it's like stripey. It's not quite as tie dye as some of my other tie dyes So I'm not like your typical tie dye. That's right. So anyway, and tie dye. tie dye. Yes, because I do feel like, okay, the other tie dye things I own, I don't think I could wear to work, but this I would be comfortable wearing to the bookshelf. Nice. And I love it. And I just highly recommend that business and this particular product. And yeah, I highly recommend. So it's a sweatshirt, long sleeve shirt from August cloth. Awesome. Well, Ashley, we, Broke down our favorite things of the season. I think this was a successful meeting of the kids table. I agree. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. From the Front Porch is a weekly podcast production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in South Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at Bookshelf and all the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website, com. A full transcript of today's episode can be found at FromTheFrontPorchPodcast.com. Special thanks to Dylan and his team at Studio D Production for the transcript, for sound and editing, and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. This week, I'm reading Liberty by Caitlin Greenidge. Ashley, what are you reading? I am reading Upstream by Mary Oliver. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, tell us by leaving a review on iTunes, or if you're so inclined, support us on Patreon, where you can hear our staff's weekly new release Tuesday conversations, read full book reviews in our monthly Shelf Life newsletter, follow along as Hunter and I conquer a classic, and receive free media mail shipping on all your online book orders. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We're so grateful for you, and we look forward to meeting back here next week.